Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are Sofana was worshiping and she said a few things, but she said something that caught my heart and I had to write it down. She said something to this man or she said, keep holding on. I don't know if you guys caught her. She said, keep holding on. God has something for you. Keep holding on. Keep holding on. I don't know who was here. It might have been during the beginning of worship, but she said to keep holding on. And I thought that was interesting that she said that to keep holding on because that's actually a word for someone that feels like letting go. When, when, the, when the word comes out and he says, keep holding on, uh, maybe there's someone here that's saying, well, I'm not going to hold on. I'm actually going to let go right now. Or I'm thinking about letting go. And I think it's interesting that she said that because that's pretty much my message today. It's about keep holding on. It, it, I actually titled this conversation that I'm going to have with you today. It's don't stop now. Don't stop now. Um, anyone here ever exercised? Ever, or maybe ran, see a couple hands up. You competed, for example. All those things, right? Exercise, you ran, you competed. There comes a moment when you push yourself to an extreme, and right there you have to make a decision and say, do I keep going and break through my weakness, or do I just stop and retreat and just give up on what I'm doing? Ever reach that point? A lot of people don't. A lot of people get to the point right before that, and they're like, that's as much as I'll go. So they live a life of doing this. They're right here. When there's so much more breakthrough, when there's so much for them. There's someone that hits that, that's, uh, I guess you could say, like the ceiling, and now they have one option. Now you could come back, or will you rip through the roof and say, there's so much more for me. And that's a difficult place to be at because in the place when you hit the ceiling, for example, it's now a place where you have to find strength in the Lord. It's now when you recognize this is the moment where all my weakness is shown. And now all I could do now is find strength and look for strength in my weakness. There's marriages that are there, you know that? That they're at the ceiling. And you're like, you better find strength in, the, in that weakness now. You better break through. There's people's personal walks that are there with God. And they need to hit that point where like, you better find strength in your weakness in God. And, and that's the reality with all of us. We, we, we could all relate to our walk with God, an endeavor, maybe it's a business you just opened, whatever it is, and you say, oh, I'm just at this place. And then God's like, okay, but what are you going to do now at this moment? Many people retreat. Many people give up. Many people fall victims to their own weakness. And they'll say, I just don't have it in me anymore. I've seen many people die out like that. I've seen many people with great gifts and great talents and great business and great strategies and great ideas and great all kinds of things. And they hit this moment where they say, I can't do it. And they just, they just disappear from what maybe God was asking them to do, calling them to do. 
So, so if you've exercised or if you've ran or if you've competed, any, any kind of form of pushing yourself, opened up a business or, or, or made a way to do something new in your life, maybe eating healthy and, and you're trying to eat healthy and you get to that point like, ah, oh, I'm just not going to eat healthy no more. Whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. There's that moment where you feel good. Hey, it's going good. But then it comes to a moment like, uh-oh. Two things happen here. I break through or I fall back into my weakness. You can't just continue to live there. I hope you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Sometimes I feel like I don't clarify it the right way, but hopefully you get it. (laughs) But don't stop now. Are you here? (laughs) Don't stop now. Now more than ever, don't stop. So finally I said, keep holding on. God has something for you. My word would be a word of perseverance. That's, that's what the message is today. It's a message of perseverance. To persevere, to, to not give up, to don't stop now. There's no way. I think it's a good time to share this word because we're in the holiday season now. And um, that could get very dangerous for people. You know, depression is at an all-time high during the holiday season. Did you guys know that? Suicide is at an all-time high during the holiday season. So I want to speak to people that are struggling in all aspects and say, don't, don't stop now uh, because we're in this holiday season. I think it's a good time to share a word like this to get us ready. We're, we just exited out of Thanksgiving and we're going into Christmas now. And, and it's a thought of, hey, don't stop now. Experience him, know him. Come into his presence. Another reason why I think it's a great time to share this is because next weekend, um, our church turns 16 years old. 16 years old. And, um, and it's like, <laughs> don't stop now. <laughs> don't stop now. I, I, I truly would say that one of the greatest attributes that we are to have as Christians, as believers, as followers, is perseverance. It's to persevere. Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, for example. Like the moment I would have looked at my arms and my pores and like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm bleeding blood. I'm, I'm blood's coming, I'm bleeding blood. What else are you gonna bleed? <laughs> Jesus. I'm sweating blood. <laughs> I'm bleeding blood. Isn't that a movie? No one makes me bleed my own blood. Something like that? Yes, you guys know where I was. Come back. Ready? Um, I'm sweating blood. Right there. Like, you know what, Father? I, I think I have a, a different plan. <laughs> like, that would have been a great moment to say, yeah, um, I'm going to stop now. This is really not healthy for me. <laughs> I would say when you start to sweat blood, it's not a healthy place for you. You're at a very dangerous place. But what's beautiful about the Lord is, is we see a perfect example, a perfect picture of one who perseveres. Jesus perseveres to the end. You could say, well, up to what end? What would you say the end is? Where did he persevere to? No one knows what happened with Jesus, the gospel? <laughs> Guys, where, what did Jesus persevere to? Right? Isn't that what we would say? The cross. Guys, that is such the, uh, thank you guys for answering. That is the wrong answer. You're going to tell me that the cross is what he persevered to? He 
went past the cross and he broke through and he persevered to his resurrection. Then there's crazy scriptures that we read like the same spirit that is in him will raise up you. And then we're like, oh, wait a minute. We're called to resurrect. You persevere until your resurrection. Not just to, I'm just making it to the day I, you're making it to the day you die. You better make it to the day you live. We, We persevere. If you say statements like, I'm just making it to the day I die, you're just hitting the scene. And I mean, you're gonna go to heaven. I'm not saying you're going to hell because you're like that. But I'm saying that's all you're gonna experience on earth. That's the depth of where your relationship with God is gonna go. When he's not just calling you to the cross, we could also be calling you to greater resurrection. That's deep because I could really get personal, but I don't want to. Perseverance, everyone say perseverance. I have a lot of scripture, let's see how I do this today because I don't want to rush, I don't want to speak fast, I don't even want to scream today. There's so many scriptures that we could look at. I I felt, my eyes felt tired of looking at all the scriptures on perseverance. So I'll, I'll read three popular ones. Second Timothy, I mean, they're all popular, really. If you look, go to Perseverance, whatever, in the Bible, and look at all of them. They're all famous verses. They're all verses that are quoted at some point. But here's some known ones that we've gone over. Second Timothy 4.7, Paul writes to Timothy, his apprentice, his young student, his, his son in the, in the Lord, and he says to Timothy in his letter, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. You, well, if you read all the, the context, even around verse seven, you'll, you'll see that what Paul is describing is a life of perseverance. It's a life of perseverance. People could say, what kind of person do you seek to follow after? And I would seek to follow after a person who's learned to persevere. It's hard to follow someone that doesn't know how to persevere. So we follow Christ because he persevered to resurrect. You know, many have claimed to be Christ but did not resurrect. But Christ persevered to his resurrection, so we follow him. In 1 Timothy 6.12, Paul again writing to Timothy, he tells him, I have fought the good fight in his second letter, but in 1 Timothy, he encourages Timothy to do what later on he told him he himself did. And he says to Timothy, fight the good fight. And it's a fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and by which you were made. You made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Many people saw you and laid eyes on you. They saw you walk the faith. You are a person of faith. You cannot allow the devil. You cannot allow the enemy. You cannot allow the world, your flesh, anything to lie. There are many witnesses that have taken hold of your life. So Timothy, I'm writing to you to tell you don't stop now is what Paul's saying. Paul's telling Timothy, fight the good fight. And take hold. Sophana actually quoted Paul and says, 
Keep holding on. Take hold. Take hold. You could tell Paul was not a quitter. You could tell Paul was not someone who took quitting easily. You could tell that Paul in his writing is not someone that took perseverance lightly. He took it seriously. It's something that he had on his heart. And he said, if I'm going to do anything in this life is persevere. But yet he was very honest. And he said, the things that I wish to do, I do not do. And the things that I wish not to do, I find myself doing them. And he talks about a thorn in his flesh that he prays for three times. Lord, take this away. Take this away. Take this away. And every time the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. What I'm telling you is, Paul was a man who understood weakness. Paul is a man who understood the was a struggle in his life but there was one thing about Paul and that was I'm going to persevere to the end even though I'm weak and I'm like thank God for people like Paul because I am Paul to the core in the sense that I'm weak I struggle daily I haven't reached a moment of my life that said ha I found all of God. No, I need more of God. Anyone with me? And Paul's there in his writing. You see it. He's so transparent. I mean, he almost, I think, writes out his sin. And he has to like, stop himself from doing it. Because he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like a father in the faith. I, I have to take care of the church. I can't give them all of my things. <laughs> but he gets so like... <laughs> He gets so intense that he, that he openly tells the church, you're a bunch of sinners, but I am the chief of all you sinners. And he's their pastor. He's their apostle. He's the one who plants churches. And yet he's telling the church that he plants. You think you're a great sinner, but I am a greater sinner than all of you. And imagine being on that service, on that day that Paul preaches that. And you look at him and says, well, what kind of sin are you dealing with, Brother Paul? Apostle Paul? And he says, I'm weak just like you. And I struggle just like you. But what makes me different is that I persevere. And I'm not going to stop now. How many of you have that same spirit in you that says, I will not stop now? You, you want to know how intense it is? Everyone say yes. yes. Okay. Now you didn't want to know. He's in prison, and it's not like a prison with AC. He's not eating filet mignon for prison, in prison. <laughs> He's in Rome's prison. And he says, this is a good idea. While I'm in prison, I'm going to write some of the greatest letters that any man has ever written. And he writes the New Testament epistles while in prison. You know what a lot of people do when they're in their prison? They stop worshiping God. They stop reading the Bible. They stop fellowshipping. They stop coming to church. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. I'm in prison. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to write a letter to the church. Can you imagine being a cellmate? Paul, what a great idea. I'll look at Paul and say, brother, you've lost your mind. You're going to die any day now, and you're worried about writing a letter to Christians. 
And Paul's like, yeah, what else am I gonna do? I'm not gonna stop now. Are you guys seeing Paul? Are you guys seeing that the same spirit that was in Christ is now in Paul? Is the same spirit that is in Christ now in you? Not in your head, saying amen. I'm gonna say amen. Next time you enter your prison, (laughs) don't escape. You stay present. You stay firm. You stay strong. You say, no, I'm not gonna give up now. He writes a letter and letters and they're amazing and we get doctrine and theology from these letters and we teach them in seminaries and we preach them on Sundays and we disciple them with people and these are letters that Paul wrote in prison all because he has chosen deep in his gut, deep in his spirit, deep in his heart, I will not stop now. I will persevere to the end. Perseverance means this, to continue trying, continue going. Go, continue, continue, go, go, go. You continue, and watch this, even though it's difficult, you keep pushing. Come on, you athletes, you, you, you exercise gurus, you, you, you com- competitors, you, whatever it is that you do, even though it's difficult. You keep working. You keep moving. You keep going. Why? Because it's, it speaks unto your resurrection, man. That's why. That's why, church. Okay, I have another scripture from Paul. As he's writing letters, as he won't give up, though he's weak, though he struggles, though he's going to persevere, he says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? Uh, I mean, you read that from Paul, like, duh. That's why it's a race. All the runners run. But Paul says, right, but only one receives the prize. So run. Everyone say Run. Right when you said that, it hurt you in your belly because like, that's the least thing I like. To, I don't I hate to run. Metaphorically, he's not telling you to put on your lace. I mean, maybe some of us need to do that. He's not telling you to put on your shoes and tie up your laces and run. He is telling you spiritually to keep running. Spiritually to, to gird up your loins. And he says, run. You run so that you may obtain it. Obtain what? The prize. You finish. You, you finish until your resurrection. He says every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But, when it's <clears throat> but we, we do it for an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. Man, Paul's words. I don't, when you read this, um, No, put it back, I don't run aimlessly. When you read, when Paul says, I don't run aimlessly, what do you see? What do you see in your mind? Don't you see like, just an aimless runner, you're gonna hit the wall, you're gonna, you're gonna, don't run aimlessly. You know who, you know who, you know who walks aimlessly? You know who runs aimlessly? Little children. Little children walk aimlessly. Little children run aimlessly. And what do they do? You, you park the car and you say, guys, wait for me to get out of the car. Don't jump. I mean, I'm not saying this because it's happened to me, but, but 
guys, don't get out of the car until I open the car for you. And then we'll all come out together like a family. And I put the car in park and I open the door and I already see that my child, I mean, the child, the person that's driving the child is already halfway down the parking lot. You have to run after them and grab them by the hand and bring them back. And then you scold them and say, are you crazy? You can't go to the middle of the street. A car could come and hit you. And then you know what could happen to you? No, but I would see it. No, you wouldn't. You would die. And then you wouldn't have mom and dad in your life anymore. We wouldn't have you. We'd be miserable. You can't do those kind of things. You know why kids do that? Because they're aimless. That's how they live. But you know what scripture says? Stop drinking milk as a little child, as a little kid. Stop living aimlessly. Grow up, mature. Eat the full meal of God and walk the straight and narrow. Sharpen yourselves and persevere to the end. You're not a little kid anymore. You want to be treated like a baby? It's not in scripture. We're not aimless Christians. We are, if anything, in this world today are the ones that are to show the world we are rooted in truth. Not aimlessly. I guess that sounds good. I mean, my goodness, one day this sounds good, and the next day let's do this. And the Lord says, no, stay planted. Till when? Till you resurrect. That's... What Paul is saying, my kids, they, you know how many times they've almost died? If you're a parent, how many times have your kids almost died? You know it's true. You're like, oh my God, maybe someone here is from, no, no I don't think anyone here is from family, you know, um, family and children, no, right? No one works there? Okay, good. <laughs> my kids almost died, I don't know how many times. Should I tell you about the time that I'm getting my, my, my son that just started walking? He's 10 now. He's still learning how to walk. He's 10. But I'm, I have a tub, and I'm filling it up with water, and it's getting warm, and it hits me. I mean, because I'm a little out there sometimes, and, I, and I'm touching the water. I'm like, it's perfect temperature. Je- Where's my son? And I go, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And at that time, I had a second story house and, and I run outside and I look and he's like on the on the fifth step just, and I'm like oh my gosh and it was steep if you guys have ever been to house it was a steep and I, and I said I almost lost my son today I picked him I grabbed him without scaring him I got right behind him and I grabbed him and I put him on the bed and I just started kissing him I said oh my god I almost killed you I almost killed you today but he was happy he was on the fourth step I'm going to die. I'm going to roll down and maybe break my neck, but it's going to be okay. And How many times have you almost killed your kid? That's what kids do. That's what children do. They mess around with death. And they don't even know it. So they have fathers and mothers for their beginning years to keep them away from death. But there has to come to a point where we learn the gravity of death and choose to persevere in life. Amen?
So I do not run aimlessly. I for sure am not preaching this whole message today. I do not box as one that is beating the air. But I discipline my body. (laughs) You heard it. People are watching on YouTube like, what's going on? You just heard that. That is your kid that's almost dying right now. (laughs) They're almost dead. I promise. Whoever's kid that was, they're going to live. But they almost just died. They almost just died. That was, and the teacher just saved them from whatever it was. was, That's like, no, take the knife, take the scissor off your throat. No, don't tell mom we did that today at Nest Kids. But you're gonna get him back, and he's gonna be alive. What you didn't know was that three times already since the service started, he almost died. But God is good. God is good. You know what Paul tells Timothy? I'm not going to preach the rest of the message. I'll preach it on our 16th year service next Sunday. <laughs> Guys, that's where I'm at. And I still have to do all this, and I can't keep you there that long. All right, here you go. You know what, you know what Paul tells Timothy? He tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And he writes later on, he says, I have fought the good fight, the fight of faith. First Corinthians, he says things like, Athletes and runners that race and we run a race and we fight a fight for a crown for a prize that doesn't wither and die Like the rest of the prizes here on earth. Do you get what Paul is writing? Everything that Paul is writing about is eternal None of it is earthly But all the fighting is done on earth To receive the prize which is eternal It's an upside-down world where you and I belong to. We live for all the glory on earth to receive the prize of it in eternity. This is going to be part of my next message next Sunday. Because what many people, and I don't want to get too carried into it, but what happens with many people is because they don't see the reward of their fight on earth, they give up while on earth because they were too immature to realize that the reward is not necessarily for you to have on earth. Sometimes God is so good that he knows he needs to give you a little nugget of it while you're on earth so you can feel a little better about yourself. But what happens is all of our prize and all of our reward ultimately is in eternity. The fight is done on earth. Why? So that when you get to eternity, he looks at you and says, the fight is no more here. You're like, what do you mean? I don't have to fight anymore? He's like, no, put down the gloves. Wait a minute. You mean I don't have to run anymore? Adrian says he ties his shoes this way. I saw him yesterday. He said it while we were setting up. He says, I tie my shoes like this. I'm not going to tell you anything. But Lord, what do you mean? You, you, you want me to stop running? He's like, the running stops here. All, everything that you do, everything that you do for eternity, you fight, you persevere, it's on this side of eternity. But the reward, you're going to have it on the Everything he's speaking about is eternal. And he says the wreath, the crown, the prize is imperishable. And look what he says next. I do not run aimlessly. And then he says, I do not box beating in the air. He says next thing is very important. Look what he says but I discipline my body. 
Did you hear what he just said? Oh, you thought your body was for you? When you think your body's for you, you begin to sin with your body. Your body's not for you. Paul says, I discipline my body. I discipline it. Watch what he says next. And I keep it under. I feel like I'm speaking to myself. But I keep it under control. You know, when I read that, I know exactly what Paul's talking about. Because everyone look at this body. (laughs) This body knows what it is to be out of control. Can I be up? Can I? Oh, Betsy, don't get offended. No, I'm just playing. I know you have the baby. (laughs) I'm leaving this church. Her husband's still here, so it's a good, it's a, uh, Toodle's still here, so it's good. Okay, watch this, back to me. Um, I know what it's like for this body to be out of control. I'm gonna be very honest, I'm glad Betsy left on this part, but there are moments that every part of me wants this body to be out of control. Anyone with me? Am I the only one? Ooh, do I wake up on a high? And I'm like, ah, oh, what this body wants to do today is tear up the world. <laughs> but then really quick, I come to my senses and say, but I'm a child of God. <laughs> but I'm a child of God. But I'm a child of God. What I want to do I have to find myself not to do it. And Paul says, I discipline my body and I keep it under control. I keep it under control. You know what Paul is saying? I'm a darn wreck. I'm like that kid that he was just telling you about that walks around the parking lot. Or like your child that's in the back room that almost stabbed himself with a scissor. I'm like, that kid, Paul says. But I have to keep it under control. Every single one of you, every, I don't care what it is, every single one of us, every single one has to make decisions every day. Do I keep my body under control? Or do I choose to live this life? This life is fun. This life is pleasing to the flesh. This life, oh man, do the highs feel good, but eventually, Whack. Its end is death. Its end is destruction. And Paul says, I discipline. I discipline my body. I, look what he says, I keep it under control. 
And then you're like, why, Paul, would you write this? <laughs> he says things like this. of who I am. Can you imagine that? I'm preaching to others. I have to keep my body and my mind right lest I myself become disqualified. Do you know what Paul is saying here? Lest I myself lose testimony, lose that which the Spirit has given me. Have we not seen great men take great platforms and because they couldn't discipline themselves and they couldn't keep their body under control, their platforms are stripped from under their legs, and after preaching, they themselves found themselves to be disqualified, and they were no longer able to take that position or take that platform again. You're, haven't we seen great people like that? And that's what Paul is saying. I can't. I have to fight the good fight. I have to do this. I can't stop now. This is to the end. I'll tell you what, and I'm done. Maybe we could play like a nice little melody low in the background. Gonzalo, the piano magician. But sometimes I'm, 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 in, a, I'm in a moment in my mind, and, and these are the things that I go through, and I say, I can't do that. I can't do that. Why? Forgive me if I'm too transparent and you can't see past it, but try to see it for what it is. Because I'm at a point in my life like, I don't even care. I'm just going to be very honest. Because <laughs> who cares? It's the real thing. So I say things, I can't do that. And sometimes you know the reason why, why I can't do it? I wonder if anyone here would guess why. because I know Sunday I have to come back to church and preach to them. <laughs> I mean, that's not the reason why you shouldn't do it. But does that go through everyone's mind? Oh, of course. I can't do that. And I'm talking to my flesh, you know, I'm <laughs> I can't. And then he's like, well, Rico, why can't you do it? Because on Sunday, I have to go back and preach to them. And how can I preach to them? lest I myself become disqualified. That's what Paul's saying. Come on, guys. Don't stop now. What do I do then? You persevere. But it's really tough. Yeah, even when it's tough, you persevere. You fight to the end. I... I knew I was gonna share this somewhat similar to perseverance at this time of the year because we were gonna to get to the holidays and people's mental state. And I also knew that it was gonna be our anniversary for our church. 
So this isn't something that, like, I've had this in my heart to want to share with you guys. I don't know, weeks to months already knowing that I was going to do this. And, and here, here we are today. And maybe it's something that was laid in my heart weeks ago or months ago. And yet today the Lord says, but it's all for you today. It's a reminder, a reminder just for you to tell you, don't stop now. Lord, I can't do that. Why? Because I have to preach to them again lest I find myself disqualified. He's like, okay, good. You take your calling somewhat serious. That's okay, but what else? What's the other reason? It's got to get to the place where I could say, Lord, because I just want to be obedient to you. I got to live in obedience. So everything in me wants to be disobedient. I have to choose obedience. I have to choose the spirit over the flesh. I have to beat my body. I have to control myself. I have to fight the fight, and it's a good fight. I have to run this race, and I have to finish the race. God forbid next week I don't finish the race. I quit. What would that mean to everyone that looks at me? So number one, I have to come back next Sunday. You want to know what's another reason why I don't do it? I want to do this, but I can't do this. Why? Because of my Jackson. Because of my Jade. I can't do that. I can't do that because of Jackson and Jade. What would that do to their future? I have to choose what is right. I can't do that. Why? Why? Because I'm married. That's my wife. And I took a vow that day. I stood before my pastor and before the presence of God. I can't do that because of Nancy. I can't do that because of the church. I can't do that because I'm your son and I'm called to live in obedience to you and I'm called not to give up I can't give up now I can't walk away now I've already spent 22 years of my life doing this 22 years I can't stop now I gotta keep walking with you I gotta keep trusting in you. I gotta keep persevering until my resurrection. Even when it's hard, I gotta do what's right. I have to be obedient. I can't stop now. I must persevere. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Because we're all in this journey. We're all in this path. 
and you just spoke to all of us. You can't. Don't. Don't stop now. Keep persevering. Keep persevering. Trust me, it'll be worth it at the end. Don't stop now. And all I could say is thank you, Lord. I won't stop. I'll keep persevering to the day of my resurrection. I'll fight the good fight. I'll run the race. I'll finish well. Help me to not walk aimlessly, but to walk with purpose, to walk with direction, that the GPS of my soul will never turn off, but that the GPS of my soul will always be on. Teach me to walk straight all the days of my life for there are still many I hope if I've turned the GPS off forgive me turn it back on Holy Spirit convict me red light approaching police around the corner hazard in the middle of the road GPS turn on that I would not live aimlessly anymore that I will not stop that I will keep on fighting Lord you know whether this word is for every single one of us and you know if it's for that one person that just needed to hear it today and this was their cry Maybe they had a plan that tomorrow they were going to let go of it all. But Sofana in her craziness came up here and said, don't let go. God's got something for you. And then me, with the word that you gave me, came up here and said, don't stop now. And the plan was, Tomorrow I was going to end it. But you just got redirected. And the last thing you're going to do tomorrow is end it. Don't stop now. Thank you, Jesus. Paul would end a a message like this. The church is here. Is the church here today? 
Does anyone specifically need the church to get around them in prayer? Anyone? Anyone? Need the church to get around you in prayer? Just think about it for like 10 seconds there. You have brothers and sisters that will pray for you. Amen. All right. And that means the message is for all of us. <laughs> Don't stop now. All right. Um, God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. You're loved. Women see you Wednesday. I won't, but the women will see you here Wednesday. And then Thursday, I hope to see you guys <coughs> at Florida Christian School. <clears throat> Don't ask for an invite. Oh, well, no one reached out to me personally. Here's your personal invite. You're welcome to come Thursday and be part of us because you're probably not going to get a phone call and say, hey, can you come with us? Here it is. Come with us and join us Thursday. And um, is there anyone that's in your heart today that you know you need to bring next Sunday? Amen. Because they got to continue to hear the message. Don't stop now. All right, so um, you see that chair that's next to you that's empty or in front of you? Let's bring that person to church next Sunday and say, you can't stop now. I'm taking you to church on Sunday. Amen. God bless you guys. You look beautiful from where I'm at. You guys look beautiful. I don't know if I'm close. <laughs> but you guys look beautiful. Have a wonderful Sunday, guys.